2: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: The Georgia
3: Bulldogs became the 14th team to win back-to-back national championships and did so in dominating fashion. The Cardinals have put an end to the Cliff Kingsbury experience and the Niners may be the better team, but the Seahawks had the better quarterback. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
3: It was only close for a little bit because Georgia hadn't had enough time to make it not close. And in the end, it was decidedly not close. A 65-7 to throttling of TCU for the Georgia Bulldogs. They are back-to-back national champions. The first time we've seen that in a decade. Joining me now from Locked On SEC, Chris Gordy. And Chris, I know this... Seemed like a foregone conclusion when we got this matchup. And yet, even in this moment, it's hard to imagine that this is, this is how this ended this season.
4: It is. I mean, I, I expected, you know, the more and more I looked at, I just thought Georgia had the advantage. And I thought that they would wear down TCU. But I thought this was going to be close, at least for a half. And I thought it would be fourth quarter that Georgia ran away. I think I picked them to win like 31-17. I mean, this is just a butt weapon from the word go, and I mean, it, it it really was. And you started to see the four and five star talent that Georgia had out there, and even on defense. I mean, fresh five star and four star freshmen making plays for Georgia and having that impact. But I think the story of the game was Stetson Bennett. You know, the 300 yards passing, four touchdowns passing, two rushing. He was the heart and soul of this team these past two years. An incredible record. I think he finishes 29 and three as a starter and um, just an incredible run capped off by uh, brilliance on every aspect of the football field and Georgia now back-to-back champions. And can they do it again next year? They'll be the favorite to do it again.
3: There are, there are already interesting conversations being had about Kirby smart versus Nick Saban and, and the mantle being passed and all of those things. And I think, you know, there, there are certainly going to be Georgia fans going, hey, Mark Richt used to recruit his butt off too. They, they had number one recruiting classes and they couldn't win. This isn't that new. We just have a new coach. Do, do you think that, that the mantle has been passed? Did it already get passed? Like, where, where are we in all of this?
4: Yeah, I thought it was really funny at halftime, you know, with Nick Saban sitting right next to him as an (laughs) analyst. David Pollock says, you know, Georgia's the king of college football, dominating college football. And Saban kind of looked down like, yeah, shut up. Um, Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. I mean, I think next year, a lot of people are going to pick Alabama to be back in this because we've seen when Nick Saban is out of it and Bama doesn't make the playoff, they bounce back to next year and they make a run. But Alabama's got a huge question at quarterback. At least with Georgia, they're going to lose Stetson Bennett, but Carson
3: Beck is got another. He doesn't have a ninth year of eligibility. Are we sure? (laughs) Yeah, I
4: think it's finally run out. But you know, Carson Beck was a big, highly touted recruit. That's probably going to be the guy next year. Alabama may go with Jalen Milrow. They may go with Ty Simpson, but that's very much up in the air. And that was going to be very talented. A lot of other spots, but they got to figure out that quarterback spot. So. Yeah, the easy thing is everybody's going to put Georgia and Alabama as the preseason favorites again next year in the SEC title game, and probably you know projected both to make the playoff again, uh, like they did last year. But uh, man, it does—you'd have to be a fool not to feel like Kirby doesn't have the upper hand in that rivalry right now.
3: How different do you think this looks if Michigan is in this game instead of TCU? It's a lot closer.
4: It's funny. There was a big argument with a lot of people saying Alabama deserved to be in here. They would have given them a better game than TCU. And I saw somebody tweeted and said, Missouri would have given Georgia a better game. (laughs) Anybody would have given them a better game than TCU. Yeah, they
3: didn't win every game 65-7. We saw it during the season.
4: I mean, Kent State gave Georgia problems earlier in the year. So let's be real. But um, no, look, I, I think they got it right. The two semifinal games were awesome. And I just kept saying all week, man. As close and as fun as those those semifinal games were, I bet we get a blowout in the championship, and that's what we got. And so it is what it is. But would Michigan have given them a better game? Yes. But Michigan should have taken care of business and beat TCU. Yeah. Would Alabama have given them a better game? Yes. Alabama should have taken care of business and beat LSU and Tennessee, and they didn't. So here's where we are, and Georgia, they're crowned the national champs.
3: How much do you think this, this changes the, the perspective about – expansion, because I think if you're a critic of expansion, you're going, do we really need to see four more teams who are going to get boat raced by Georgia be in the mix for this thing? And I think the the other argument is, well, the semifinal games were great and and more great college football games is great. Even if the championship game could have these kinds of outcomes.
4: Yeah. I think we're going to find even more. So as we move on, you got to have elite level coaching at every level and you got to recruit at a high level. The transfer portal is great to address some needs here and there, but Georgia didn't use the transfer portal at all this past year. They finally are using it this offseason. They're going to add the best wide receiver from Mississippi State and the best wide receiver from Missouri are both coming over to play wide receiver next year for them. So that's kind of unfair. But, uh, you know, I think, I think we're going to see when the playoff gets here. Adding more teams is going to be fun, more fun. But, man, you are going to get your brain beat in like TCU did today if you don't have high-level four- and five-star talent with elite-level coaching at every spot.
3: Stay up to date all year on the SEC by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On SEC on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, the Cardinals officially have hit the reset button. But first, Damar Hamlin returns home.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
3: Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your gambling needs. There are a few intriguing college basketball matchups as we turn our attention to the hardwood. Starting in the Big East, Butler heads to St. John's. Bet Online has the Red Storm by five. And Wisconsin hosts Michigan State as slight underdogs. Bet Online has the Badgers as one and a half point home dogs. Florida, they travel to LSU. Bet Online likes the Gators in the Bayou by two. Bet Online is where the game starts.
2: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
3: Damar Hamlin is back in Buffalo. The Bills safety was discharged from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center on Monday. The news shared by Dr. William Knight, the fourth, and Dr. Timothy Pritz of UC Health, who were part of the team treating Hamlin, were authorized by his family to provide these updates hamlin flew from cincinnati to buffalo on monday and has been transferred to the gates vascular institute at the buffalo general medical center He will continue to receive treatment as he recovers there he's met a number of milestones on his journey to recovery according to the doctors at uc health and has been up with physical and occupational therapy walking the unit and tolerating a normal diet it is truly remarkable to see hamlin's recovery they say it takes a village Well, the Titans fired a small village on Monday in an effort to revamp their offense and their secondary. An NFL team is like a baby. Tennessee fired offensive coordinator Todd Downing, offensive line coach Keith Carter, offensive skills assistant Eric Frazier, and secondary coach Anthony Midget. The Titans lost their final seven games of the season while constantly struggling to just score points. The team saw inconsistency from the quarterback position as they rotated through a cast of play callers in an effort to find one they could count on. Ryan Tannehill struggled with injuries that limited him to 12 games. He said he wants to return to the Titans next year and believes he has more to give. He certainly has more to give than we saw from Josh Dobbs and Malik Willis this season. It'll be interesting to see how Tennessee approaches Tannehill this offseason as they can save $18 million in cap space if they release him. The Milwaukee Bucks emerged victorious at Madison Square Garden despite the New York Knicks holding Giannis Antetokounmpo to just 6 of 15
1: shooting. The Bucs escape at Madison Square Garden for the second time this season and pick up a much needed win. My name's Kane Pittman. I'm the host of the Lockdown Bucks Podcast. And midway through the third quarter, the Bucks are trailing by 17 points. And it looks like there was going to be more soul searching required for a team that has been scuffling over the previous nine games. But then Joe Ingles came in and he executed the offense. He limited the turnovers, he knocked down some outside shots and that provided the spark for the Bucks to get back into it. Ingles finished with a season high 17 points including 5-for-11 shooting from three. And then Drew Holiday, who could not hit a shot all night, looked completely out of sorts, came up with multiple clutch baskets from the outside to ensure that the Bucs were able to hang on. Uh, they're not playing great basketball. There is certainly problems with the offense on this team, but for now, you've got to bank the win and get out of there. First game of a four-game road trip for the Bucs. Uh, they'll take it. Check us out on Locked on Bucks.
3: The New Orleans Pelicans took care of business and put up 132 points in a road win over the Washington Wizards. After putting up 34 points in the Pelicans win over
4: the Wizards, is it time to start talking about C.J. McCollum as an All-Star? I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast and Locked On NBA. The Pelicans won yet again without Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, and it was the third member of their big three who got it done. C.J. McCollum put up 34 points in an incredibly efficient performance in their win over the Washington Wizards. Despite numerous injuries to key players, the Pelicans have remained at the top of the Western Conference standings, and C.J. is a big reason why. Over his past 15 games, he's averaging 26 points, 6 assists, and shooting 50% from 3 on over 8 attempts per game. If the Pelicans keep winning without Zion and Ingram, and we don't know when those guys are returning just yet, and CJ keeps scoring like he
3: is, don't be surprised if you see him playing in Utah over All-Star Weekend. And on the ice, the Kraken are leaving a trail of devastation in their wake. That's what Kraken's do, as they've won five in a row. Their latest victim, the Montreal Canadiens.
2: Hey, Seattle hockey fans, coming to you live after another Seattle Kraken win that makes it five in a row. It's the first time on any road trip ever that we get four wins. The Seattle Kraken, Martin Jones in net, gets his second shutout as a member of the Seattle Kraken. Ellie Tolvanen gets a goal. We got a goal from Dunner. And two for Maddie Veneers, including the fourth and final, which was an empty netter for nothing against the Canadians. Also got some news, although Shane Wright wasn't with us. He actually got traded to Windsor. So we'll talk about all of this and much more on Tuesday's episode. Again, it's coming a little bit later in the day. Tuesday's episode of Locked on Kraken. Here is another story you need to know.
3: After getting an extension just A year ago, Cliff Kingsbury is out as the Arizona Cardinals head coach. Steve Keim has stepped away. Kyler Murray is dealing with a major injury. And the Arizona Cardinals, they're in flux, to say the least, right now. Alex Clancy from Locked on Cardinals joins me now. And and Alex, you have been on your show and on mine talking about Cliff Kingsbury being on the hot seat and, and some of the issues there. But he did just get an extension. So why now? Um, this was a lifetime achievement firing.
0: <laughs> this is not because of this season. And I feel like Peter, and you know, you, we joke and stuff about cliff and kind of the Arizona Cardinals as a whole, cause at times they're, they're mind boggling with some of the decisions they made, but the Cardinals were decimated by injuries this year. Um, you know, tipping off with Kyler Murray tearing his ACL, but the same issues that we dealt with this year, we were dealing with in 2019 starting with week one against the Detroit Lions at home, where Cliff Kingsbury said he thought he could get fired at halftime without Kyler Murray coming back, putting this team on their back, his first game as an NFL quarterback, and leading them to a tie. That's kind of what we've seen from week one through now. Bad penalties, bad timeouts, blah, blah blah, blah. It's the same thing over and over again, rinse and repeat.
3: So that leaves them going, okay, Kyler Murray, we are paying like the franchise quarterback, but we need a GM if we're Arizona and we need some direction on this team. So with the understanding that history tells us they will go in the exact opposite direction, they'll, they'll hire some gruff defensive coordinator now because that's just how these things tend to swing back and forth. But what kind of, if you have a name, let's hear it, but what kind of coach do you think this team is going to be looking for?
0: It's so funny you say that because I have a defensive-minded head coach in mind. Um, and, and, and I'll explain in a sec. But So the Sean Payton's the hot name. Right. right, Sean Payton would get. It seems autonomy now with Steve kind of out. I can't help but think Sean Payton sees the golf courses, he sees the weather, and he sees Kyler Murray as maybe like, oh, you know what? Football, absolutely. I have autonomy. Excellent. This isn't Andy Reid going to Kansas City. This is Sean Payton wanting to get back in. Knows he can have control. Knows the Cardinals need him more than he needs them. And that is the microcosm of every free agent that's ever come to Arizona over the last 20 years money good weather and golf and I can't help but think that some of that is infused into Sean Payton's decision when choosing the Cardinals if he were to over maybe the Rams now or you know over the Broncos or whoever D'Amico Ryans is my guy hmm. and D'Amico Ryans for a couple of reasons one he played in this NFL on the defensive side of the ball he played until 2015 he is he didn't play 20 years ago he knows this game and in my opinion the San Francisco 49ers defense is the scariest entity in football in 2022. And he's the head of it. He commands respect. He played the game and he has nothing but positive things being said about him across the landscape of the NFL and the Cardinals desperately need someone like that. And I feel like that is more important than hiring an offensive minded head coach. When you can hire a wizard OC or even a retread with a good offensive scheme to have Kyler run the offense and have D'Amico Ryan's spearhead the defense.
3: With the understanding that it's always important that your head coach and your staff has a good relationship with the quarterback. Kyler Murray is under contract. They just gave him this monster extension, but how, how vital do you think it is going to be to this organization to say, okay, we need to do everything we can to, to maximize Kyler Murray versus I think in the case of a D'Amico Ryan saying, we just want to hire the best possible coach for the situation that we can, because those are not always the same thing.
0: Right. It's gotta be somewhere in the middle. It's gotta be a hybrid because Kyler Murray and the offensive pieces that the Cardinals have are more than enough, given the right scheme, given the right scheme and given the right personnel on the offensive line to execute and score a lot of points. The Cardinals, again, decimated by injury before Kyler Murray got hurt. He missed a couple games early, then tore his ACL. It's going to be free agency and the draft this year and free agency on the draft next year that's going to get this team on the right path. So when you say, should you hire, should Kyler Murray have a say in who the head coach is? Sure. Should Kyler Murray be the end-all be-all for who's hired? Absolutely not. Because you don't need to have the best offense in the NFL to win a Super Bowl. Defensive-minded head coaches, by and large, since 2000, have won Super Bowl. Bill Belichick tips that scale a lot, but defensive minds – reign supreme when it's one or the other in one game more times than not over the last 20 years. So that's why I'm thinking. Defensive minded is the way to go.
3: Stay up to date all year on the Arizona Cardinals by subscribing to Locked on Sports today and Locked on Cardinals on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts coming up. The Seahawks do have an advantage over the Niners and it's at the most important position on the field.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
3: The Seattle Seahawks have no chance, right? I mean, the 49ers beat them twice and handily, so this wildcard game is going to be a cakewalk, right? Well, Corbin Smith and Rob Rang of Locked On Seahawks See an advantage for Seattle over San Francisco. They get a meeting with the San Francisco 49ers, who have already beaten them handily twice this year. They've won 10 consecutive games. That might seem like a bad matchup for the Seahawks. Have any chance to extend their run two weeks into the playoffs? And yet, there's the adage: beating a good football team three times can be really tricky. I think the Seahawks are going into this hoping that that adage has some
0: truth to it. And if you look historically, there might be some reason to believe that the Seahawks do have a
3: little bit of a benefit going into this game. And at the same time, you wonder if it really doesn't matter.
5: Yeah, I think that um, it's aided um, by the fact that the Seattle's going to obviously be playing against the rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy. Um, and while I'm really interested to see how uh, history lends itself in Seattle's case here with trying to win a third matchup when the team has already beat you twice. I went back and looked at Brock Curry's per- career, excuse me, at Iowa State in college. And it was interesting to kind of see how he himself struggled, um, you know, over his college career in playing Opponents multiple times over his career. Um, of course, he played for the Iowa State Cyclones in the Big 12. And you look at how he did in matchups against Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, the state rival, the Iowa Hawkeyes. And Corbin, he was very good at times. He was very poor at times as well. And it's that type of inconsistency that I think might be something that Seahawks fans can take at least some salve in, because the 49ers have dominated the Seahawks on both sides of the line of scrimmage in their previous matchups. But again, if the 49ers are going to be able to beat the Seahawks and they're going to have to overcome the fact that I think the Seahawks, I feel like they have the better of the two quarterbacks. And again, playoff football doesn't necessarily have to be that complicated. The team with the better quarterback typically prevails. And that's why I think the Seahawks have to have some semblance of confidence going up against the 49ers, despite the fact that, again, they have already lost the two matchups against San Francisco so far this year.
3: We have to take for granted for a second that the Seahawks defense will play better than it has most of the season and hold an explosive 49ers offense in check. But- It is important to point out that Geno Smith has a lot of experience on Brock Purdy. Yes, the Brock Purdy run has been fun. It's been great. He was Mr. Irrelevant for a reason. Now, he's playing great football, but this is different. The playoffs are different. Pete Carroll has been there before. He's seen this before, and so have a lot of players on this team. Geno Smith has DK Metcalf. Geno Smith has Tyler Lockett. He has Kenneth Walker. He has an explosive offense that can potentially match points with the 49ers. If you're going to pick one thing in a playoff game and just say, all right, I'm going to decide the winner based on this one thing, that one thing is quarterback play and the Seahawks can absolutely have that advantage this weekend. I'm still picking the 49ers. And finally, the Georgia Bulldogs are next year's betting favorite to win the national championship. In fact, Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State are the three favorites for next year. You're shocked. I know. And they were the top three favorites from this past season. Okay. So you're not surprised. Uh, Parody in college football. Look, there's never been really parody in college football. And guess what? No one really cares. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, we'll attempt to identify the surprise upset of Super Wild Card Weekend. So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.